co-creators. I'm Hannah. And I'm Rob. And we are the hosts of Forgive and Live, formerly known as Chit Chats, but we are both so excited. We did a name change and a logo change, and I absolutely love it. But we are a father-daughter duo who talk about the challenges and the growth and the love of all life experiences, whether it be in the physical world or the spiritual world. And today, I wanted to talk about ownership. I think that's a big topic to cover, but I'm super excited. I have some ideas and I haven't told dad what they are yet. So this is going to be fun, but. I'm on the edge of my seat because you, <laughs> before we started this, you say, Hey, I got a topic, but I'm not going to tell you because I want to put you on the spot during the podcast. So I'm, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm excited to learn what you're going to ask about or what we are going to talk about. So we have, we have covered this sort of on the podcast before, and we've kind of worked around it before, but we've talked about how I felt that it was so freeing when dad told me that he didn't own me because he was my father. And that was a very massive shift for me. Like, I felt like there was this whole weight lifted off of me because I wasn't owned by him. He was my parent, but he didn't own me. I could make my own decisions and I could be my own person. And I think as a society and being so unconscious and being attached to the ego, we don't realize how owned we feel. And I want to spread this out to a bunch of different areas in the physical world, because I, I didn't realize how owned, at least I felt, in every scenario in my life. We talk about ownership all the time. You own a car. You own a house. You, are, you own things, but you are also owned by things whether it be a parent, a spouse. I mean, when we go back to marriage, a father walks a daughter down the aisle and hands the daughter's hand to the fiance, the, the coming husband, because the, the father owns the daughter. How, like, degrading is that to a woman to feel like you're being passed along, you know, and dad, I love you, but you will not walk me down the aisle. <laughs> it's not happening. Okay. <laughs> That's not <happening>. good. <laughs> I'm, I'm so proud that you're taking a stand for something that you believe in and you're vibrationally, you're aligned to your inner deepest self. And there's yeah. nothing more important in life than doing that. And that's what that's what all human beings need to do is to break their own 
boundaries and limitations and beliefs or ownership that others have of us. So I like it. Good. Yeah. And, you know, when I was thinking on marriage, when I was thinking about the ownership of marriage, you know, I was like, okay, so if dad's not going to walk me down the aisle, am I going to walk myself? But that's still kind of ownership because you're walking towards your husband. Like you're walking towards the person that you're going to spend the rest of your life with. Why don't you walk together? Because that's what you're going to do. You're going to build a family together. You're going to build a house together. You're going to build a life together. So why wouldn't you both walk down the aisle? Wow. That's fantastic. Yeah, I like that. Right? That just makes way more sense. Because you're doing it together. Wow. I wonder um, if anyone's ever done that. I mean, I've never, I don't look into that. Have you researched that at all? I'm just curious. No, I haven't. I just recently thought about the whole marriage aspect to this. Um, but I, I will have to, I will have to look. And by the way, on social media, this is just another thing that I thought was super cool. I saw a couple, they, I think they lived out West. They were uh, backpackers and they literally backpacked this hike for like a day and got married at the end of it. They had like backpacks, but they put their, their dress and their suit and tie in it and they walked, they hiked to their venue. That's awesome. That was super cool to me. I was like, man, just out in nature, getting married you know, amongst the birds, the bees in the sky, like, heck yeah. Yeah. And that's the whole point is to do it your way, do it from your divine, unique expression of the one consciousness. So whatever is in your heart to move forward in life through, as long as it's morally not interfering with other people's right to be human beings, we should be able to do whatever we, whatever we want. Yes, totally true. Another place that I feel society really like punches us in the gut in is the workplace. And I just looked up this statistic. The average person spends one third of their lifetime at work. One third of their lifetime, 90,000 hours at work over a lifetime. That's crazy. We spend so much of our time as human beings in the workplace. And I realize we have a limiting belief about work everywhere, pretty much. I've heard this everywhere I go. There is no perfect workplace, right? Haven't you heard that everywhere? Um, I guess, yeah. I mean, like I, that's not something I hear much, but yeah, I, I do agree. I, I don't think there is a perfect workplace. Yeah. that There's a know, perfect there's, mindset. Yeah. And there's always, you know, something, I don't know, that's not always perfect or not quite right in a, in a work setting. And I sure. thought about this. And... A good friend of mine pointed out to me, we were at work and I was, the day was dragging and I just went, ugh, I wish I could go home. 
And she turned and looked at me and said, then go home. What was keeping me at work? My thought that my bosses weren't going to be happy because I left work or because I didn't have enough money to, I don't know, pay for my bills. So I had to finish a whole work day. What was keeping me at work? We've talked about how it can be very hard to stay on our foundational vibrational platform foundation at work. We can just get tipped off really quickly. You know, something can happen and it just, right? And I thought about it and I've always had this feeling that my bosses owned me because I worked for them and they pay my bills. They give me my paycheck so they own me. And I think that's bullshit. Yeah, you got that honestly. You got that from, but certainly from myself. I don't know if mom handed you some of that or not, but that's definitely in my head. Totally yeah. felt like work was my salvation almost, like work was my God. Like if I didn't obey and do everything exactly the way work wanted me to do, I was going to be, you know, screwed. Yeah. And I, I placed a lot of my, um, efforts into making sure I crossed all the T's and dotted all the I's for work and didn't come up with a good balance. I, I, I wasn't capable of saying, oh, I need to stop work at this point and take care of family at this point. I, I was not that that line was non-existent to me. It was like work was my God. Yeah. Like it was it was going to save you that the money coming in was going to save you that, you know, if you worked hard enough, then everything would be OK and be fine. And, and that's not true at all, because no. what was it, five or six years ago, I got a divorce, right? Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> following following the work ethic, um, you know, I not everything went so great. No. And it just, like, it dawned on me that you can make your own hours and be your own person still in the workplace. And your work, your managers, your supervisors, CEOs, whoever, it, any, you know, don't own you. But as a society, I feel like we're so pushed that you haven't made it in life if you haven't worked a certain amount of hours or made a certain amount of money. Because in turn, that means you're owned by a company that pays your bills. But it's not true. You pay your own bills. You work the hours and you make your own money. You may yes. be working for somebody else, but they don't own you. Yeah. So basically what you're pointing out is there's this hidden thing inside the mind that is cramping your style. And it's, say, it's saying you're owned by this, that, and the other thing. Yeah. And it's very heavy. And it's 
um, it, it doesn't allow you to feel free, even though you can't see it, you can't touch it, you can't taste it, smell it, hear it. It was there, and you've now you're you're uncovering this this hidden limiting belief, and you're removing it, and you're saying, "Wait a minute, I I, I can still go to work, but I'm not going to feel owned. And if I need to walk away from work, I'll walk away from work because I have something pressing to do or whatever. But I'm no longer owned by this thing in my head that what it's not a tangible thing it's like a limiting belief and you're you've uncovered that now you're you're seeing that you're like wait a minute i'm way more free than my mind has been telling me i i am yeah your mind has been lying to you your mind has been telling you oh no these are your boundaries this is your little box your little hannah and you're stuck in this and this is all you can do and you're gonna have to do this and this this is the rules yeah and you're 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 punching through the box and you're saying yeah this is bullshit i'm not living in this box no. anymore no <laughs> no hell no and you know and it's in every situation in our lives because you know what comes what comes down to it in every situation whether it be getting married having a job or if you're, you know, you're having marital problems and one person is trying to say they're better than the other, or if you have a best friend and the same thing is going on, it always feels like there's one person who's above the other or one person that's lesser, lesser than the other. And that comes from our brains. It comes from our, not our brains, our ego telling us that we're not enough. That we have right. to be owned by someone else or some other thing because we can't do it ourselves. We can't own ourselves. So we put that on somebody else's plate, which even makes ourselves feel even more shittier in the first place. Yes. And there's the one underlying cause of anxiety, depression, yeah. anger, fear is because of these limiting beliefs that we think that our salvation is placed in the world and it's not it's not in the world it's not in it's not in a um traditional marriage setup where the where the father has to hand the, the, the daughter off yep. it's not in the work environment it's salvation is not in the world freedom true mental peace that passes all understanding is found in giving all that stuff up once we give all that stuff up and we don't feel owned by anything and we're free to be ourselves and we give every other human being that same right to be themselves um and then obviously within moral standards move forward in life that's where the most freeing peaceful mindset is found yeah we place in the physical world we place ownership over physical things materialistic things yes if you have the grandest car or the biggest house like all of these things make you a better person in the eyes of the ego <laughs> you know i was i was late to something this week and I was in the car and I was late and I was trying to hurry. And there was this car in front of me and they pulled inch by inch by inch to turn right. 
Like they just slowed down slow, like, but they slowed down so slowly. Right. And I'm like almost at a standstill. And immediately I went, I love you, honey, but you got to move. <laughs> In that second, I went, what if we made that a habit? I love you, but you're pissing me off. I love you, but respectfully move out of my way. Like, instead of being so like, God damn it, get out of my way. I'm in a rush. Like, move away. Say, I love you. You are a person of the universe. But please move on. <laughs> like, Yeah, good call. That's your, your, you're managing your inner self, your emotions, your vibration. You're saying this is an uncomfortable situation that I'm in. I'm accepting it. I'm sending you love and I'd like to change it. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that because it's coming from a conscious, um, yeah. you know, sense of who you are. It's not unconscious. You're in control. And I feel like I've said I love you so much in my life now that it's been so like, it's now almost like a habit. I love myself. I love the universe. I love everything. And that was something I could not say as a kid ever. Those three words were the scariest three words ever to me. That I know. And the word God was beyond scary for me. And it's so funny now because, you know, I haven't had a, a really triggering situation happen very recently. Like I, like I can't remember the last time something like massively shook me. I just, I totally just feel like a different person. I'm not even the same person as the person I, that I was when I grew up and small things too. Like I wasn't the person that I was yesterday. I've grown just a little bit more since yesterday, but because it was so small, we don't recognize it and we don't give it the enough appreciation. We don't give it any appreciation because we barely see it. Yeah. And you're pointing to vibrational growth and inner growth and that comes from a sense of awareness and knowing uh, who you are on the deepest level and separating yourself from the body's responses, the, the, the emotions that come and go, the feelings that come and go, the conditioned habitual thoughts that come and go, the interpretation of reality that says, this is scary. You're separate from all of that. Now you've, you've had that awakening, that enlightenment moment. And now the rest of your life you, you you're probably not going to get knocked off of your vibrational boat but your body might you'll still be that separate entity and you'll say ah it's okay i've i recognize this i see it i'm i'm now i've i I'm, i've clear vision now this week has been a struggle for me like this week wasn't as easy as just sitting in abraham's boat and just going down the river but it's okay like we're supposed to have like moments of of struggle and in those moments you know i wanted to say 
why is this happening? Like, I wanted to just be like, what, why, why am I feeling a little bit of anxiety right now? Like I've grown so much, but why is this happening again? And I wanted to get frustrated with myself, but I just sat there and I just, I, I just, honestly, I pictured myself when I was younger and then I pictured myself where I'm going to be. I know exactly what I want to do with my life and who I want to be. Like it's already, it's already happened. I just need to like get there and seeing my future just makes me want to just scream in excitement, honestly. <laughs> and wow. That's wonderful. I, you know, and I'm not saying it's not going to be hard and there's not going to be any challenges, but <laughs> The universe, I swear to fucking God. Okay. What? Oh, all right. I got to read you what I wrote. Because you literally okay. just said what I wrote this morning. Oh. I like how you used the word mold because I did too. So. What? What time did you do that? What time did you write that? Because I wrote a post. No. In the groups that I'm in and posted something along those lines at like three o'clock in the morning. It just came to me. I posted I was, and went back to bed. I, I did this at, I don't know, 9 a.m. Okay. So we're three hours apart. So it was close in times. This is the explanation that I put for the video that, that or the episode that's going to be released tomorrow. Okay. So, in the explanation, I wrote, we talked about what the now really is and explained a little more about our history as father and daughter. And I realized while recording that everyone in my life, oh, shaped me, but they didn't fuck me up because I am the universe and the universe is me. And that's perfect. Nice. I like that. Yeah, exactly. You're right. I was right. going to use the word mold, the too. <laughs> yeah. That's very cool. What a great synchronicity. Oh, God. It's awesome. It's constantly happening now. Synchronicities are constantly happening. It is insane. And I realized the other day that I don't get ringing in my ears anymore. My guides? You, you don't get that? No. And I didn't oh. even realize it. Like, I didn't even realize it until this week. Like, talking about, like, growth and shaping. Like, I started out realizing what spirit guides were when they were coming to me and the ringing in my ears. But I didn't have the ability to talk to them in any other way. Because I wasn't connected to myself because I wasn't connected to the universe in the way that I am now. So that was the only way that they could come through for me. Now they come, they come to me in so many different ways, but the ringing is gone. Hmm. It's like my growth has shaped me and changed me. And I don't need that, that communication route anymore. It's like the communication, like the way we're communicating is changed because I'm changing. 
Yeah, I think you because you're aligning, you're you're becoming more one. So you don't yeah. you don't need the the kind of the transportation for the information piece anymore. You're exactly. you're already just you are the one now. Yeah. And it's it's just so funny. Because it's it's everywhere. It was when I was writing the the title and the explanation. It, they were there when, like, I, it's just nuts. It's nuts. And then our synchronicities. It just. I I think I told you that um someone had said to me, or I said to someone, I feel the most peaceful I've ever felt, and they said to me, "You just told me that a week ago. How can you feel more peaceful than ever?" <laughs> but it's it's very true. It's it deepens deepens and deepens and life becomes easier and easier and easier and i become less involved i'm i'm not pushing and pulling and egoically struggling i'm no. i'm doing that allow thing that's the woo way just um effortless doing i just need to flow i got that word when i started doing yoga and i really understand that word more now like we really just have to flow we try to own and control everything and both of us when we you know when we both started out on the spiritual journey we wanted to control and own our minds and tell our minds to shut up to you know because we were taught at least i was that my mind was bad and it was just a disease and I needed to take ownership back of my mind and I needed to be the driver. And now I sit here and say, take your hands off the wheel and let the universe do it. Like in the very beginning. And it's much easier that way. Yeah. And I can't even control myself. I know that's a very weird thing, but like how we talked about how I know myself as who I am, I can't control myself to not be me. Now that I know who I am, I, there's no way I can't not be me. Like I can't control that. You know what I mean? It feels good, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah, of course. I'm just being me. You know? And there's no tug of war. There's no trying to change things or be someone else because that's exhausting. Trying to be someone else is just exhausting. <laughs> Don't try to be someone else. And that's what we're all taught. We're all taught to be someone else. Most people are. <clears throat> Don't listen to your own divine individual expression of the one consciousness. It doesn't line up with your parents' beliefs. We <laughs> teach our child children this all the time, and it's a horrible thing. But parents don't realize they're doing that. But that's that's what parents do. They they teach their children not to listen to the divine expression from the depths within. Yeah. And you you've now you've learned how to do that. I've learned how to do that. I can express myself in. And it, and I have boundaries. We're we're not brainless people. No. We're we're not 
we we still have boundaries. I, I still decide that you know I'm going to express myself, but it's going to be within moral limitations that the divine within me sets, not the world sets. So my limitations are different. I, I still want to be good to people. I still want to. I, I still want to be a polite person. I still want to be respectful. Um, but there are times when I'm going to break the social boundaries to be the expression, the unique expression that that I've been created to to be. And more people need to do that. You know that I I love the Rosa Parks thing. She stood up on the on the bus and said, "Today I'm not sitting on the back of the bus uh, just because of my skin color." And back then, people would have argued. They would have said, "Listen, yeah. lady, you're breaking the rules here. These are the rules. You you can't do that." And it can be a little challenging to see when something is wrong and feel deep down that it is wrong on a vibrational level. But to also get a vibrational sense to not do anything about it. I feel like I've had moments, actually, I've had lots of moments. Um, easy enough is, is to view somebody else and to see them struggling, whether, whether it be with their mind, whether it be with addiction. And you want to say, you know, just, just start meditating. Just do something easy. Do something for you. And you see how much they're struggling or, you know, global issues or, you know, how much, I don't know, processed food we, we eat as human beings, anything literally anything and feel the divine energy telling us that it's wrong, but to just stand back and watch it. Cause growing up in middle school, the whole thing like about bullies, if you see a bully, tell a teacher, you know, get people riled up, you know, Help the, the, the person who's being bullied, you know, take action. We learned this as, as a kid. Take action. Be this responsible one. Tell an adult, you know. And, and then the universe just tells us to just sit silently and look at it. Because it's not wrong, even though it is wrong. Even though in the physical world it's wrong. But it's not wrong. So... We sit in this like half-half situation where we're like sitting in the physical and the spiritual and we're seeing both sides and you just watch it instead. That is a very interesting thing to view. Yeah, I think it's in the Tao Te Ching, which I quote all the time, or semi-quote, I paraphrase, I guess I should say, um, to, um, and I'll, I'll butcher this up, put it in my own words, which is to see people in their natural state, so whether it's suffering or, or, or not, and then to contemplate their return, which to me means know that they are going to return to the blissful state of non-physical, ah. to the unmanifested. 
and all is well. And it's it'll be another, there, there really is no death. There's just, there's just rebirth and rebirth and rebirth. And yeah. when we recognize that, we know that, you know, every human being is going to have another chance to come back and experience life again. And, you know, possibly make this conscious connection to the divine or not. And all of that is okay. And I, I think that's where, you, you know, you're, you're saying that there really is no wrong or right. And, and that's true. It's because this is just a world of reinventing itself. And, you know, it's God reincarnating him, him or herself, whatever you want to call it, in all sorts of different life forms because he or she finds it interesting. Exactly. And going back to the God topic, how I said that I always felt uncomfortable with the word God or going to church or anything in that light. I, I was doing trivia questions last night. I didn't have anything going on. And I, sometimes I like to throw up trivia questions and just go through, see my like general knowledge. And a category came up of the Bible. And automatically I clicked on it and I'm going through these questions. And most of them I don't know because I wanted nothing to do with the Bible or Christianity or any of it. So most of it, I don't know. Like I know the basics, but that's about it. And as I'm going through this, I like didn't feel any like uncomfortableness or anything that was telling me it was wrong or any, any of that. And I'm going through these questions and I'm like, This is so much like the Greek mythology I read. Like, it, it reads like a nonfiction book. <laughs> because I had no, I got to a point where I had no ill will towards it. Like, I could accept it for what it was. And it didn't feel wrong. And I was actually curious about half the questions. And I did a little bit of my own research. But it's just funny how for the longest time I was like, no, the Bible is like the bubonic plague. I don't want anything to do with it. I just thought that was very interesting. It makes me think about how everything that we're exposed to, and I pointed to this a, a little bit ago, that comes to us as fear and or anger is is because our perception of it is wrong it's not because it is wrong it's because our perception of it is wrong our instrument that we're using to view the physical world is incorrect whenever it's saying this is no it's not incorrect if the house is on fire and your emotions rise and you need to run out that's i get that yeah. But what I'm talking about is things like you look at the word God or hear somebody say God or somebody says, read the Bible or you read the Bible. And this 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 response inside of your body says, oh, hell no, I'm not going there. This is some stuff I do not want to deal with um, that that response inside of your body 
is um, due to a false perception of reality. Your yeah. body is saying this is a problem and it's not really a problem. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. It's like your physical body is like trying to run the other direction, but somewhere deep down your the universe within you is like, it's okay. It's what it's meant to be, but you're so consumed with trying to run away that it just doesn't compute at all. And for the past two years, I guess now, maybe longer, I've introduced my body to triggering moments on purpose. I've gotten to the point where I realize that through that triggering moment is going to be another deeper layer of peace. What did you introduce yourself to? Can you give me an example of what you, what uh, you did? Most of, my, most of my fears revolve around people and work and being um, the center of attention. So work was one. I, I didn't stop saying no to whatever they brought to me. And oh. in the past, the old, the old self would self-sabotage and say, well, I can't do this. You know, I've, I've only been a truck driver for 21 years and there's no way I could do a software thing, say. Um, and so my, my body wants to say, oh no, you can't do this. Or, or, you know, be, um, you know, kind of like the, <clears throat> the point person for merging these, um, warehouse people and software people together and, and, uh, you know, quite a bit of this falls on my shoulders and um, that's extremely frightening to the ego inside of me, like ex extremely frightening. And um, I know that there's, that that's bullshit. That's a bullshit thing in my head. And so I move forward in there and I navigate those triggering events, Zoom calls. I, I started to, I joined that one Eckhart Tolle live um, question and answer Zoom because oh, I yeah. knew I was going to be put on the spot. I knew people were going to say, you know, ask me a question or ask the panel a question that I was not previous. I, I couldn't, I couldn't oh. learn ahead of time. Yeah. And that's insanely fearful. I'm I'm like, oh my gosh, now it's live. People are gonna see my face. They're gonna say to me, How do I handle suicidal depression? Or how do I handle my kid just died the other day? And I'm like, I'm you know, inside of me, I'm going, I'm not a spokesperson, I'm not a professional, I did I did I don't have a degree in psychology, I should not be here. Yeah. But I've I felt I was aligned and I felt the divine presence in me saying, Rob, you need to get into these situations more and more. You need to expose yourself to these fears and notice that death is not imminent, that the, the ego is telling me, is scaring me with so much scary, scary power that it's broadcasting death, like chop your head off death kind of fear. Like we're going to, we're going to pull yeah. your fingernails off. Like, like that's the kind of panic attacks I'm having, you know, sweaty palms and completely, you know, insomniac can't sleep. And I said, I'm putting my body into this um, situation. And I did. And when I would come out on the other side, I would have this, like this knowledge now that says, Whoa, 
this big, scary monster, the fictitious monster under the child's bed, as I like to call it, this thing called anxiety that said, you suck and you're not going to be able to do this. Um, it didn't attack me. I still have my fingernails. They weren't pulled off. Yeah, I lost some sleep. Yes, my body from panic attacks, but I didn't die. The way the anxiety spoke to me inside the mind, like, oh, you know, you can't do, none of that happened. And now the more I put myself into these fearful moments, which are not so fearful anymore, they're actually, it's actually changed dynamics. So now I don't have this enormous roadblock that I face. It's more like, an interesting challenge, I would say. And it comes from the divine in me. It doesn't come from some weird part of me, the, some morbid part of me that, that wants to experience fear. It comes from an, an enlightened side of me, the conscious side of me that says, Rob, seriously, there, there's nothing here that can hurt you. And as long as you think that, then you're putting your salvation into the wrong things. Put, put your salvation into the divine essence on the deepest level mm -hmm. and take a walk through some of these triggering events and notice that when you get on the other side, you're not going to be burned. You're not going to be dead. Yeah. You'll be fine. So there, there are the moments. Um, and everybody's fear is going to be different. So you know, like before we started the podcast, I talked about maybe, you know, someone being afraid of a leaf falling and another yeah. person is afraid of heights and the person afraid of heights would be like, oh my God, give me a break. You're afraid of a leaf falling. But that fear to that person is just as traumatic on the inside as the person who's afraid of heights. And when we respect that about other people and we say, yeah, I know your fear doesn't look fearful at all to me. But when I respect that and I shine the light of consciousness onto you and I say, hey, I get it. This thing is scary for you, but I'm with you. I'm, I'm sharing the light of consciousness. I'm, I'm not going to I'm not going to lower my vibration for you. You know, you're, you're, you're scared of a leaf falling and I'm not going to be scared with you. I'll be the light of consciousness. I'll stay aligned and I'll send you love and I'll walk with you through the fearful moment but I'm not going to reduce my high flying vibration to meet you on this low level because nothing rises out of that. That's just two people lost. But I don't know how I got on that tangent. That's a lot of Abraham Hicks stuff that I learned from her. I know you know that. <laughs> it, it's just, it, it's just funny. Cause I wonder how I would really like to see how the body responds like on a monitor. Right. So you go through these experiences and anxiety, 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 you're, you know, you're, you're, what is it? You're fight or flight. Yeah. Thank you. Fearful mode. Yeah. Uh, you know, is going, going, going. And then once you get to the end of it, you realize there's nothing there. And I would love to see how the body like drops from that. Like, cause we know that, when we finish something, we can kind of have like a high from it. I wonder if there's a similarity with that. Because I feel like sometimes, like I can be over a situation. I've had times where 
like I'm in the car, right? And somebody swerves in front of me and my body lights up with anxiety and I breathe it out for a second and then my mind calms, but my body still feels like it has tingles in it. I would love to see the ratio between like the brain waves versus like the the body waves on how it like comes down from a anxiety attack, like a quick one. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. That would be interesting to say. Wouldn't that be? That would be super cool. Well, I would imagine there's probably experiments doing that. And there's probably people that would love to do an experiment with you in that, you know, the psychological um, evaluation of watching that body response, because not many people want to be a guinea pig. Let's face it, people would rather yeah. eat ice cream and run away from their feelings and emotions rather than run through them. That's true. So, so what you're saying is, you know, or at least what I, I'm saying is I'm willing yeah. to be that guinea pig. And I, I, I know you want to see the results from that. Yeah, I would I would be the guinea pig. I would love to see how my body works because, you know, we live with our bodies for such a long period of time and we get so used to it, but we don't realize what our bodies look like on a graph, like what our bodies are actually doing while in certain situations. And like looking right. at it on a graph would be very interesting. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Monitoring everything from blood pressure to brain waves. Yeah. Yes. Very interesting. You feel like um, at the end of those moments where you have the aha moment and you go through this triggering event and you say, oh, my gosh, wow, nothing. I didn't burn up yeah. in that fire. That's amazing. Um, I feel like at the end of that, there is there is a, a clarity that comes in and it it kind of moves this. It, it moves fear out of the way for the next fearful time or the next possible trigger it, it it allows deeper trust in the divine also um oh, and it yeah. it's removing this layer of fear it's deepening the peace it's doing a lot of things it's doing it mentally it's doing it in the physical world imagine what the universe would look like on a graph like if you could embody just a little bit of all of that knowledge and put it on a graph. Holy crud. But I think honestly, but I think we kind of can. Right? Because we are the universe. I mean, I wonder if like they've hooked a Buddha up to a graph before. Right. I don't like, know. And watched his brain waves or something. Well, you know, Joe Dispenza has done some of yeah. these studies unwinding DNA through the, you know, the thought process. Yeah. That's proven. He's been able to scientifically prove that the mind is unraveling DNA and on paper, shows up on paper. Which is nuts. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's a there's an absolute truth. Uh, between the physical and mental realm that many people miss the the placebo effect you know you you give you know you give people a sugar pill and they're healed 
and you give this other group the actual pill and they're healed but so how how do we how do we you know there there's truth behind if we believe it deeply believe it enough it will come true it it can happen it can manifest we can make a real manifestation happen in the world through thought it's proof it's proved you can be whoever you want to be yes without limiting belief and yes. without doubt or guilt or yes fear. yes and something that's i'm manifesting in my life is positive realities and what i mean by that is my old self didn't monitor my inner vibration and so i was whatever emotion went through me or habitual thought went through me and most of that was fear and my reality which that would show up in my reality now i know that you know this is a, a cyclical event and sometimes we can change our physical dimension and spark a little bit better emotion within us but that's yeah. the hard way the, the easy way is to align with peace and love meditate get there feel it and then take that energy into everything that i do and then watch the physical world reciprocate and and love me right back and it happens every day in my life now yeah and a good example of this, I'm reading the book, uh, The Power of Habit. And they talked about Michael Phelps, the Olympic swimmer. Mm. And he, his coach made him do something every time before a, a, an event, the Olympic games or wherever. And he would do the same thing. He had a habit and his habit was putting, listening to music, the same song and envisioning everything he was going to do. Every stroke, when the whistle blew, how, like, how he would dive into the water, how, like, he would swim and how he would get back to the other side and, you know, get there before anybody else and win the, you know, the championship or whatever it is. And in the book, they explained he went to one of these events and he didn't fix his goggles correctly. And water got into his goggles and he couldn't see. And he was swimming blindly. But because he did his, the entire thing in his head, because he swam in his head before, he counted his strokes and he got to the other side and broke a world record blind because wow. he already did it in his head. He had already manifested it. It was already done. Nice. Wow. Yeah, there it is. He had already accomplished it. It was like he already had the world record in his hand before he even got to the pool. Like he was already there. 
So we can be whoever we want to be because it's already there. We just literally have to envision it in our minds and it's done. And like how you say, like Abraham Hicks says, point to something you want and you got it. Same thing. Yes. And that's why it's um, very helpful to when we have a upcoming triggering event to actually do what you what Michael Phelps did, which is what you're talking about and and see ourselves through the event, but not just see ourselves the way the body wants to see the fearful self through it, but like with a positive oh, this is pleasant and feel, feel it like deep on the deepest core when we envision it, like watching a movie, like feel that it's, oh my gosh, this thing is pleasant all the way through to the end. And then when we actually go into that triggering event the next day or whenever it is, it will be a lot easier because we've planted that seed in the mind that this is the way that it's going to go. Nuts, nuts, nuts. That's crazy. So we can... We can literally envision our next day to a T. Yes. Like if we, if tonight I replayed exactly what I wanted to happen tomorrow, I could. Yes. And this, this gets down to belief and how deeply you believe. Yeah. You know, Jesus said, um, those of you who believe, uh, what I did can 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 move mountains or do even more than what I did or something. I I never do the quotes. I I understand them in my head, but like anyway. So Jesus talks. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> Jesus talks about these beliefs, and that's that's where we have to go. We have to absolutely believe it. So if we just do the lip service in the mind, and we're like la la la, I went from here to there. And it felt good. And yeah, I'm done. If we don't put the effort into it, then it's not going to show up later. We have to put the mental effort into it. Yeah. And I like how we say effort, but it's not, it's not really effort. Like, I remember trying so hard to rough house myself into doing what I wanted. And now I just, you know, it's all about perspective. I have a different perspective now. Like, I don't have to do it that way. It's, it's crazy. It's, it's almost like there's two sides of a coin, but then another third side that you really never see, but it's there. You know what I mean? Like, it's what's happening what you're trying to happen and what's gonna happen. But because you were trying so hard the wrong way, what's gonna happen is gonna be incorrect because you're trying, I don't know how else to say it, but it's like there's three sides of a coin instead of two. Yes, there is another dimension to this. You're right. I, I don't know how to explain it either. I, I, know, you're, you're, I know what you're pointing to. And I think you and I know how to process that and, and actually do that and live that way. But I I think that's the, the nearly unexplainable element to the divine side of living in flow. Yeah. Yeah. There's just, there's something else there. Yeah. 
and we recognize you know they you know they're it's said that we are god and it comes kind of from that perspective because we're taking ownership not just for our life but our vibration and the direction that we go in so that you know that we're the onus is on us you know when we say things like well the the person isn't going to be enlightened until the great mother or the universe decides to enlighten the person. But we also say the person is God. So when <laughs> we finally have the God realization and we say, oh, wait a minute, I do. I am God in disguise on the deepest level. I am. I, I'm not the one consciousness i'm an emanation of god which makes me just as godly as god you know it's like the sun ray coming from the sun we're wow. the we are god so we we're tapped into that bloodline that power that freedom of peace and love and once we recognize that and believe that on the deepest level um it's it's like game over like the the world's shitty sandbox is gone it's not there anymore. Um, we can just completely live at peace and in flow and all is well. I think you actually explained it, right? Because yeah, yeah, this, this makes sense to me because human form, physical form, then we have the, the, the universe within us, but the universe within us is the universe, but it's detached from the universe. What if that third side to the coin is the universe as an entity? Like it's that other part. Part of it is in us, but not all of it. Like not all of it could fit inside of us. It's not possible. So maybe that third side is like that is the massive entity of the universe, you know? Yeah, maybe. Maybe there's multiple perspectives and I don't know which one, you know, is exactly correct. I remember Deepak Chopra was quoting someone, so I don't believe this was his quote, but um, the universe is, or the world is not in me or wait a minute, most people think I'm in the world. But when we have the perceptual perceptual shift to say yeah. the world is in me, um, then we've then we've come full circle and we understand that. But any, yeah, anyway, yeah. that's a whole nother perspective. <laughs> no, but it, it does make sense. It does. I mean, maybe it's only going to make sense to us, but that's fine. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Well, to Deepak Chopra and many others, for sure. We're never going to know the truth until we're connected with the universe, when we are the universe, like actually. And when we are the yeah. universe, we don't need to be a human anymore on this earth. So all humans are never going to know. Right. Yeah. I I do think we can have a glimpse into it. And oh, this, definitely. I've told you this. I don't know if I've told this to the world because um, it's a little weird, but I'll, I'll, I'll say it anyway because it happened and it was very um, profound. 
<clears throat> I've had a couple moments of very clear experiences with the universe. One, the, the greatest experience, and I think I I think this was death. I think I saw death. And it's not like it it, it it was not like what I've heard other people describe death as. So maybe it's not death. I don't I don't know what I saw, but um it certainly felt the most wonderfully deep peace I've ever felt. I, I was I had enough sleep the night before. I wasn't on drugs. I wasn't drinking. <laughs> I was out for a walk. I was doing what I normally do on these walks, which is I stop thought. And I learned to stop thought by saying between this tree and that tree, I'm going to stop thought. And then I would extend it from this tree to like three trees down and so forth. And eventually I was able to stop thought for all, all day. <clears throat> and I was on this walk and complete mental peace. I still had many problems, but my mind let go at this moment while I was walking. And I felt just so deeply peaceful. And I looked up, I stopped walking and I looked up and everything was dark. And then I had this moment of, oh my gosh, you're in the public eye. There's a bunch of people around you and you're going wacko. Like what is going on? And I snapped out of that, whatever that was. Um, but I noticed that I took my mind to this super deep, beautiful, dark place. And um, it was that was the black. deepest piece. It was. It was black with a, some bits of light. If, if you close your eyes and you kind of see the light coming through your eyelids, that would be the, the best way I could explain it. <clears throat> but it came with an in, in, enormous, wonderful, peaceful feeling that's indescribable. That's weird. That's crazy. Yeah, and I, I, I think that I think I experienced what death would feel like, like yeah. when you go from one, you know, this life form to the next life form. But I, I don't really know what that was. Honestly, how do I know what death is? So um, <laughs> I can only describe it and guess what I think it is. And then I had a couple other aha, like super deep moments when I was meditating and writing the book. I was on the back porch and <clears throat> all day long, I was in this blissful moment but I didn't realize it until the end of the day when I came out of it. R really bizarre. I, I had no thoughts all day long. I walked into the bedroom. I, I laid down on the bed to go to sleep. And it occurred to me at that moment that the entire day was peace from start to finish. There was no overbearing mind, no thoughts that were taking me over, no pressure, just mm -hmm. complete, absolute, you know, the eagle flying through the sky kind of peace with no concerns. <clears throat> but I popped out of it at the end when I laid my head down on the bed. I I like I don't know what happened. I just I was laying on the bed and I went and, and I said to myself, this is amazing. It's nighttime now and I've not felt you know disturbed or uneasiness or pressure to pay a bill or anything. Nothing. It was beautiful. You know, and that's funny because 
that totally just makes sense that we don't have to roughhouse ourselves to do anything. You didn't make yourself go into that state. You just ended up there and you didn't realize that you did. I remember one day, I didn't know what was going on. I just felt really weird all day. And I remember I called you and you said you thought I was in this like very peaceful space for a few hours because I still don't really remember much of it. But all I remember is I just felt out of my body and I was doing things, but I didn't realize like I was, you know, I don't know, vacuuming or cleaning or doing whatever. But like I wasn't really aware that I was doing them. And I felt very weird all day and I called it weird and I've I've had very very brief moments like that where I just I'm doing something but I'm not really doing it so this moment that you have where um you know where both either one of us have that is really peaceful um it's different from, I, I want to distinguish it between mm. what, you know, some people can drive their car somewhere and their mind is thinking about something else and oh. they don't recollect driving their, they, they can't remember yeah. driving their car. Or you can make a sandwich for, to get your kids on the school bus, but you don't remember making the sandwich. You put them on the school bus and you go, oh my gosh, did I make them a sandwich? And then you run out there and you check and you go, oh yeah, I did. You don't remember it. That's not what you and I are talking about. We're, we're talking about being very present minded in the present moment, in the now and paying attention to what we are doing. That is and okay. feeling at ease. I love the explanation you used because I love that. Yes. It's more like, for me at least, in the moments I felt, it's like my hands were attached to my body, but I really wasn't attached to my body. And my body was moving my hands, not really me. Like I was there, but I was like just hanging out and I really had nothing going on in the brain and I was doing things, but my body was, it's, I can't really explain it. It's like, I feel like that's an explanation of like how a Tesla works, like the Tesla drives itself. And it's like, no, I'm still in control, but not really. Hmm. I say. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, I don't know exactly what that is. I mean, only you would really know. Yeah, uh, it's but... weird. I don't know. And, <laughs> and while, I, uh, while I'm doing um, uh, yoga and stuff, like yoga is a lot like meditation for me, like 30 minutes could go by. And I'm like, that was five minutes. Like the time warp thing. Yeah. I like that. I love that feeling. Yeah. Time moves slow or fast, depending on the way our minds are processing it. And that makes zero sense to, to people, but uh, there's scientific studies, D D Deepak Chopra speaks about this, where people's 
biology is actually aging faster because they're processing time faster and other people are processing time slower and their bodies stay younger for longer. I sometimes, I swear to God, time stops. Like I could look at a clock and it would be 8.20 and I could feel like an, I don't know, 10 minutes go by and it's 8.21. Like I swear to God, I have those moments where it's like the universe just, it stops. The clock stops ticking. You go ahead. I, I used to feel like time was running out. I used to have oh, shortage too. consciousness and oh, I was God. constantly behind the eight ball with everything. everything. And I didn't realize how prevalent it was in my life. If I was walking down the street and I saw a traffic light and I needed to, to you know, time it so that I could push the little button and walk across the crosswalk, I would immediately start picking up the pace thinking I need to catch up. It, everything I did was catch, play catch up. I, I oh God, yeah. drive in the car at work. Um, I could not stay in in the present moment at all, ever. Um, relationships, I I couldn't stay in the present moment with conversations. I was constantly thinking about, well, what are we going to talk about next? I, it was impossible. Yeah. It was tiring and exhausting. Oh my God. Yes. I would look at the clock 30 freaking times a day. Okay. It's eight o'clock. It's like a few hours until noon. Well, once noon hits, it, the day's pretty much gone. So I really shouldn't do anything, even though it is eight o'clock, but it's almost noon. And if it's noon, then it's probably five o'clock. And if it's five o'clock, the day's over. And it's only been, and it's 8 a.m. And that's how my mind would roll. My day would be over before it even started. Yeah, that's tiring. Yeah. And now I feel like I have so much time in my day. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, do you, I don't, uh, I live with the end of my life in sight, like in my peripheral vision. I, um, I, I segment, I learned this from Abraham Hicks, segment intending. So that's how I started the no thought thing for between like telephone poles and between trees. I would say between this time and this time, I'm going to have no thought. And then I would extend that. And then I started saying, well, I would, I would think about my calendar and my schedule for the day. And I'd say, well, Hannah and I are going to have this talk. And so from here until 15 minutes before Hannah's time, I'm, I'm going to no, no thought. I love to go to no thought. I go there as often as I can. Yeah. And, um, so then I started segmenting that out. And then eventually now I segment all the way out to the end of my life. So I'm envisioning, I'm not envisioning me laying in a casket, not, not like morbidly, like, you know, being buried or something, but I'm envisioning what my emotional, what, what's going to be my concern? What's going to be on my mind? What's going to be the concern when I'm six months away from death or six minutes away from death? What mental concern is going to be on my mind? What emotional concern? And and every time I think about that, when a worry comes up about work or a worry comes up about paying bills, when I go to that end, end game time and I'm saying I only have six minutes or six months left before I die, I don't care about those bills. 
I don't care about work. That's not in my mind at all at that time. Yeah. And I say to myself, why would I carry this worry with me? I'm not, if I'm not taking action to, to fix any of these worries, then I need to turn the worry off. And that's what I do. And so I, I have this like end game with me now. And that's helped me to get through some, you know, life experiences. That is funny because I do that too, but a little bit different. That is so oh, yeah? funny you say that. Yeah. Yeah. How do you do it? <laughs> I know what the world is going to look like when I die. Yeah. I know the mark that I'm going to leave in the, on this world when I die. I have very ambitious um, dreams. I know what I'm going to accomplish. I'm very aware of it. And I know the mark that I'm going to leave in, in a place of peace. Like, so I know I'm going to be on my foundation for the rest of my life. And because I'm on that fine, foundation I know how I'm going to leave this world in this lifetime and are you that, saying that you you know what uh, I'm trying to understand foundation Did, are, are you speaking about inner vibration then are you saying you know what your vibration is going to be at the at the end of life yeah 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 and because okay. I have, because I know that I'm going to have this really, really strong vi vibrational foundation, I know I'm going to do something really big in my life. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. That's, that's the only, that's the only, that's the easiest way to manifest anything. And it's the, the, the best way. It's not the only way there's harder, there's hard ways to do that, but yeah, you're choosing the easy path of divinity and your it's your divine right to be the expression that you want to be and that comes from the vibration of peace and love and abundance and that's what you see yourself as yeah yeah good because that's a much better way to live life than you know the most people don't do that most people look around they observe their scenery and they say ah oh, this is me and then they look at their past and they say, well, this is who I'm from. These are my parents. My parents got a divorce. I'm going to get a divorce too. Um, I, I have, I, I struggled with anxiety. My kid's going to struggle with anxiety. And, and then they label everything. And guess what? It, that reality shows up for them, but not because it was in the past, but because they created it in their mind. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And you know what else I can't wait? I can't wait to be in another lifetime. I can't wait for me in another lifetime to see what I've accomplished in this lifetime. What makes you so sure you'll get to see? No, I won't. <laughs> no, I won't. Well, I'll... I mean, maybe you will. I don't know. You're God. So you, you get to make this, um, yeah. you get to make your own story. So That's maybe true. you will see that. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just I, asking what I, makes you I think know, that. I know my next, me in another lifetime is going to see 
what I in this lifetime has accomplished. Maybe just by my name. Like, oh, okay. Hannah so-and-so did X, Y, and Z. You, you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. yeah, I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, it feels nice to have accomplishments for sure. Uh, I have, I have any, you know, I have any ambitious goal also. And if it doesn't come to fruition, I'm completely okay with that. I, I've learned that being the vibration of love and peace and abundance, whether it manifests in the world or not is way better than being a vibration of anything else. Why would I want to vibrate anywhere else? Yeah. And you know, you say that and I agree with you, but I can't imagine like if it, if what I want to do, like my businesses, if they don't ex succeed, I have no idea what I'm going to do with my life, but that's okay. Cause I'm still me and I'm still on my vibrational foundation and I'll be fine. But I've just, I've had this knowing that, you know, my businesses are what I, what I was here to do, you know, and if it's not, that's fine. That's totally fine. But God knows what I'm going to do instead, but that's fine too. Right. I think you, I think that's a great outlook because you have the belief and, you know, the Bible says believe and, and it will be yours or whatever. Um, so you have the belief, but you're also holding it with an open hand. It's not a clenched fist. You're not saying I have to have this in order to be happy. You're, oh, you're, no. you're holding the dream with an open hand saying, well, if the great mother has something else in store for me, that's cool too. Um, I'll take that as well. I'm, I'm going to be abundant no matter no matter what. So I like that outlook. That's good. Because yeah. that's the outlook of like how I talked about just sitting in between the physical and the spiritual and just sitting and watching it. Yeah. You know, I'm just sitting back and watching what's happening. Yeah, same. Yeah. Like I know, what I, I know what I need to do. Like there's things in the physical world that I need to accomplish to get my businesses up and running, but I'm doing it vibrationally i'm doing it in a space where i'm just sitting back and watching it happen sure i gotcha it's it's the woo way it's effortlessly doing you're you're the you're the painter painting on the canvas and yes it's taking effort but it's creative effort and so it's not a struggle it's easy effort <laughs> yeah Well, co-creators, this concludes this episode. As always, we love being here. And I hope everyone has a safe and happy week. And we will see everybody next